My voice is going to go out on me before I even start preaching today just because of the great music and wanting to sing and be a part of it. So thank you to our wonderful band um, for leading us and for um, giving us music that we want to sing at the top of our lungs and then have to get up and talk after. Um, so in 1963, uh, en route to Shreveport, Louisiana, a rising star who had already made many top hits that had topped the charts was in the middle of a tour, in the middle of a concert tour, traveling from one place to another. And he went to go check into a hotel, into a Holiday Inn. And as he got there, the hotel that had lots of vacancies, all of a sudden had no vacancies. Said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have room for you here. Turns out it was still a time of segregation and a time when an owner of a company or a business could turn away business based on race. This man's name is Sam Cook. And Sam Cook was so outraged. He was so frustrated to be going to a city to perform in front of thousands and thousands of people to have hits top of the charts and to be going to a hotel and being told, I'm sorry, you're not good enough to be here. We don't want you here. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you feel like two opposing things are happening? Where something is happening that you cannot control, and yet on the other side of that, it feels like everything should be in your control. For Sam Cooke, that is what he experienced in 1964 when he went to this Holiday Inn. He went to this Holiday Inn and expected the same kind of treatment that he would be getting on stage that very next night, but instead was met by a very different outcome. He began to protest. They went back to their cars, him and his band, and they began to blare their horns all the way down the street, going to a different hotel, enraged, outraged, and angry by this injustice. And by the time they got to the next hotel, there were police officers waiting for them to arrest them for disturbance of the peace. Sam Cooke, two months later, went on to write a song, A Change Is Gonna Come, based on that experience. Based on the experience of someone who was not only talented and gifted, but prophetic but was still being met with injustice. And you could say, as many of us do, well, that's just not fair. But it's more than just not fair. It's unjust. So Sam Cooke went on to write a song about that injustice, a song that spoke not only to the injustice and frustration in his life, but also maybe to a hope that maybe we would one day see. A hope that was not just about him, but a hope that was about the group of people that had come before him and the people that would come after him. It's very similar to what the writer of Hebrews is talking about today in our scripture. 
This very tiny book in our Bible, Hebrews, is written to a group of Christians that are in the early church and they are being persecuted. They are professing Jesus' name and they're being persecuted and killed for their faith and they are getting worn out and tired and fatigued and they are beginning to wonder, is this all really worth it? Is following Jesus, is proclaiming the name of Jesus really worth what we are going through? And so the writer of Hebrews, is, this is not actually a letter. It is a, um, it's written more like a sermon. It is given by a pastor or a preacher to a group of people as a word of encouragement in their time of persecution and injustice, in a time when they did not think that they really could go on. So we're reading that scripture today in Hebrews 12. And I'll give you a... Um, a little hint here, this is, uh, this is one of my very favorite, very favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. There's a lot of Bible here. This is one of my very favorites. This is one of those that I would say, maybe tape this up on the mirror in the morning and look at it every day. Here's what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary in your souls or lose heart. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run. Do you hear that imagery right up at the top about this cloud of witnesses? He's reminding the people, therefore, do you remember that this is not just about you or even just the people in this room or in this particular group? Therefore, since we are surrounded, surround us, in front of us, behind us, behind us, aside us. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race that has been set before us. So in this image of a cloud of witnesses, what he is reminding the people is all of the people that came before them. He is asking the people, have you forgotten about Noah? Have you forgotten about Abraham and Sarah? Have you forgotten about Isaac and Jacob, Joseph and Moses and Rahab? Have you forgotten about the judges and the prophets and the kings? Have you forgotten about Jesus and his disciples? Have you forgotten about all the people of faith that have come before you? Because if we're going to run a race, and not just run the race, but run it with perseverance, can you do so if you have forgotten about all of the faithful people that have already been in your shoes? So we get these two images right off the bat. Therefore, since you are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race. And the image here, as I began to think about this race, was not of a marathon, but a relay race, where a baton was being passed from one person to another. And so if you combine these two images here, 
cloud of witnesses running the race, maybe what we are talking about is a baton being passed from one person to another, from one generation to another. And so in these very quick metaphors, the preacher here in Hebrews says, therefore, since the baton has been passed from one person to another, it is now being passed to you. And what are you going to do with it? The baton is now in your hands. What are you going to do with it? Maybe another way to ask that question today in connection with Sam Cooke and the civil rights movement and that baton that was passed from one generation to another is not only what will you speak out against, but who will you speak up for? Not only what will you speak out against, but who will you speak up for? If part of running our race, if part of being a Christian, setting our sight on the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, is speaking out, who will we speak out for? Not only what will we speak out against, but who will we speak out for? Then that scripture goes on with just some more imagery. Maybe that's why I like it so much because it has this beautiful images in just these three verses. That, th- that second part says, let us throw aside everything that hinders us and the weight that so easily entangles us. I don't know about you, but in my mind, that's like a big old pile of ropes at your feet. Let us throw aside everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. It's like the preacher is saying to us, I know that you are walking through a massive pile of thick rope and it is easy to get tangled up and it is easy to start walking and feel like every step you take, you are tripping over yourself. And the scripture today says, let us throw aside that. Let us let that go. I find that we often get tangled up in a lot of things that are unnecessary. We can get tangled up in our insecurity. We can get tangled up in our own fear and worry. We can get tangled up in our own opinions. We can get tangled up in all of the chaos that surrounds our society and our culture. And think about how often that can keep us from running the race and setting our eyes on Jesus. For running that race with perseverance. Maybe what the writer and preacher is saying today is we've got to let go. We've got to let go of some of those things. We can't hold on tightly to every single thing. And this is exactly what Sam Cook realized. Sam realized during this moment in time before he wrote, A Change is Gonna Come, that he could not hold on to his identity. He could not hold on to his reputation. He could not hold on to what was going to happen to him. But one thing he could hold on to was the voice that he had and the power of his voice to maybe make change, to maybe make impact. If we want to set our eyes on Jesus, we maybe have to let go of a couple of things. When I was in high school, I went on a mission trip, and that last day of the mission trip, uh, we went um, for one of those fun days. If you've gone on a mission trip recently with our youth, I bet you've had one of those fun days. And um, we did um, some, not rock climbing, what is it when you go backwards down the mountain? Repelling, thank you. 
Um, so we went rappelling, and so I was a little bit of a daredevil back then, not as much so anymore now that I've had a kid and I watch him be a daredevil. It's not as fun to have a kid in that. I swear he's trying to give me a heart attack. Anyways, so I was so excited to go do this. So we made our way up that mountain, and uh, the the guide who was hooking us all into the carabiners and into the harness said, okay, does anybody want to go first? And I said, yeah, I want to go first. He said, all right, come on up. He said, okay, so you're gonna, we're going to hook you in right here, and you're going to come like just right to the edge, right here, right to the edge of the cliff, and I want you to turn around and just sit back. Just lean right off the edge of the mountain. Suddenly, big and fearless and brave Julie didn't exactly know what was being asked of her. And I began to think very rapidly about all the things that could go wrong, just leaning off the edge of a cliff. What if things don't go the way they're supposed to? What if I can't get all the way down? What if all of the things that I had envisioned about myself are not true because I can't do this? What if, what if, what if? And I find the same questions that are rushing through my mind in that moment of letting go are the same ones that tangle us up in our faith. What if I have to lose my reputation over this? What if this costs me something? What if it doesn't go the way I want it to go? What if the outcome is not what I had hoped for or dreamed about? What if I don't even get to see the outcome of the things that I say or the work that I do? You see, letting go, trusting God, is just as easy as leaning back off of a cliff. Really easy to say, not as easy to do. The work that we have been called to, friends, and the faith that we have been called to is not easy. It is not always something that is going to come naturally for us. In fact, most of what we do in faith is going to be countercultural. It is going to be opposite of what the world is telling us to do. This is what Paul tells us in Romans. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Think differently. So that we can let go of the things that hold us down and maybe run the race with perseverance. Finally, today, that last part of the scripture says, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then it goes into this very quick depiction of what happens to Jesus. As if to say to us, do you remember Jesus? Do you remember this guy you're following? Yeah, he, he wasn't naive to persecution. He wasn't um, the one that didn't have to suffer. Do you remember Jesus? Because this same Jesus that you follow is the same Jesus that suffered and knows every bit of your suffering. It's the same Jesus that you follow that knows every bit of struggle that you are having. Look to that Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It says, who for the sake of the joy did not consider the cross as something to just be endured, but instead did that for us. Jesus and the cross not only stood up for what he was against, but Jesus at the cross was very clear about who he was witnessing for, who he was standing up for. 
for each and every one of us. We run the race with perseverance. We let go of the things that tangle us up so quickly and we look to Jesus. Not because that means change is going to happen automatically or quickly or that it's going to be easier or that even we will have all the answers, but instead because we are called to be faithful. So Sam Cooke wrote that song, A Change is Gonna Come, two months after this incident in Shreveport. Sam Cooke, the reason why we chose this song today is because, well, he had 29 singles on the top 40 charts. He had so many contributions to the music industry, the soul music industry, that it gave rise to Aretha Franklin, Bobby Womack, Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and Billy Preston. He popularized the work of Otis Redding and James Brown. And he's sometimes called the father of soul music. And in this one anthem, a change is gonna come, he wrote the anthem for the civil rights movement. It would later be one of those that is in the top three of the 500 greatest songs ever written and it is in the preservation in the Library of Congress, the National Recording Registry, deeming the song culturally, historically, and aesthetically important. Pretty important song. And what we hear in this song is this beautiful rendition of orchestra and horns and all of this beauty in music that comes to fruition, and then it stops. And all you hear is Sam's voice. I was born by the river in a little tent. And just like that river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long time coming, a long time coming, but I know change is gonna come. What I love about Sam Cooke's song is that it is never rushed. It is never one that goes quick. It is never one that can be rushed. Instead, it is one where you have to listen and let the music sink in. Music is beautiful and worth speaking about and talking about because it, it inspires us. But friends, there's also songs like this song that are meant to challenge us. Today, we hear a challenge. In the words of Hebrews, to run the race with perseverance, to remember your cloud of witnesses and the baton that's been passed to us, the call to be faithful. We remember today the challenge from Sam Cooke to once again continue to run, to continue to hope. Sam never got to actually hear that song on the radio. He performed that song only one time live before he was killed. It was on the Johnny Carson show in 1964, February 7th. Sam Cooke was killed December 11th, 1964, later that year. You see, sometimes the things that happen and the change that happens and the things that we hope for and the things that we work towards are not ever things that we will actually see. He never actually got to see the beautiful work and the impact that this song made. But that didn't keep him from writing it. 
It didn't keep him from being faithful. The baton is in your hands. It's in my hands. What are we going to do with it?